another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, April the 15th, the day, my friends, we call Good Friday. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's hope today, my friends, in the midst of a dark and hard day, but in the midst of a good, good day. So, my friends, today, because the gospel for today is the passion according to John, which would take up the better part of two chapters of John's gospel. Uh, We are going to choose not to read uh, the whole passion because I think I would, you know, get halfway through chapter 18 and you'd be like, I think I'm out. I think I'm out. You know, and I'd still have a chapter and a half to go. So here's what I'm going to do instead. (laughs) still going to read a fairly lengthy reading, but I'm going to go to the first reading, which is Isaiah. Remember how in this last week, Monday, we read the the first of the four suffering servant narratives from Isaiah, right? It was Isaiah 42. And then Tuesday, we read from Isaiah 49. It was the second of four. And then Wednesday, we read from Isaiah, I want to say it was 51, uh, the third. Well, today, We're going to read from Isaiah 52 into chapter 53. So we're going to read Isaiah 52, verse 13, through Isaiah 53, chapter 12, or verse 12. Gosh, I hope that didn't screw you up. 52, 13 to 53, 12. Yeah, just the same four numbers, wrap them around a little bit differently. That's what we're doing. Going to use New American Translation, the one that you know, because I think there's comfort in that. So what I invite you to do is just sit back and hear it as if for the first time. Remembering that Isaiah is speaking not just about Jesus, but although Isaiah is. Isaiah is speaking about the Jewish community, and of course then speaking about us too, through and in Jesus. So my friends, let's break open the Word of God. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. See My servant shall prosper. He shall be raised high and greatly exalted. Even as many were amazed at him, so marred was his look beyond human semblance and his appearance beyond that of the sons of man. So shall he startle many nations. Because of him, kings shall stand speechless. For those who have not been told shall see. Those who have not heard shall ponder it. Who would believe what we have heard? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up like a sapling before him, like a shoot from the parched earth. There was in him no stately bearing to make us look at him, no appearance that would attract us to him. He was spurned and avoided by people, a man of suffering, accustomed to infirmity, one of those from whom people hide their faces, spurned, and we held him in no esteem. Yet it was our infirmities that he bore, our sufferings that he endured. While we thought of him as stricken, as one smitten by God and afflicted, but he was pierced for our offenses, crushed for our sins. Upon him was the chastisement that makes us whole. By his stripes we were healed. We had all gone astray like sheep, each following his own way, but the Lord laid upon him the guilt of us all. 
Though he was harshly treated, he submitted and opened not his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter or a sheep before the shears, he was silent and opened not his mouth. Oppressed and condemned, he was taken away, and who would have thought any more of his destiny? When he was cut off from the land of the living and smitten for the sin of his people, a grave assigned him among the wicked and a burial place with evildoers. Though he had done no wrong, nor spoken any falsehood, but the Lord was pleased to crush him in infirmity. If he gives his life as an offering for sin, he shall see his descendants in a long life, and the will of the Lord shall be accomplished through him. Because of his affliction, he shall see the light in fullness of days, though through his suffering my servant shall justify many, and their guilt he shall bear. Therefore I will give him his portion among the great, and he shall divide the spoils with the mighty, because he surrendered himself to death and was counted among the wicked. And he shall take away the sins of many and win pardon for their offenses. My friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I don't have words that can speak more than what Isaiah just said. Now, that's never stopped me before, and it won't stop me today. But my friends, what we have heard and what we celebrate today is beyond us. And not not beyond us in terms of our contemplation, but its, it's effects, its beauty, its... I mean, it's, it's, it's that star that we, we follow. I mean, it's, it's amazing, the example that it sets. So let's talk a little bit about it. Um, when I used to visit the kids at Divine Savior School, our Catholic school, uh, and I would go in there and I would just ask this, you know, usually they would ask me, because uh, I'd always say, hey, let's, let's take any question you have. What's going on? And, and around about this time, they'd always say, why do we call it Good Friday? It's not good. It's a legitimate question, isn't it? Why do we call this Good Friday? And I answered it like this. And I don't know if this is a good way to answer it or not. But I said, listen, from the perspective of humanity, it was humanity's worst day. We said effectively to God, we are not interested in you being here. We would much rather live in darkness than in light. And so we will put an end to you. We literally killed God. It was humanity's worst day. We called for a robber and a thief and an insurrectionist rather than God when Pilate gave us a choice. Free Barabbas. Not this one. And do you get the... Well, let, me, let me explain. It, Barabbas. Okay. What is, what is you know, the, the symbolic part of that? Hmm? Well, bar meant of. Okay. So when in the Gospels, if you ever heard Jesus say, uh, Peter, bar, um, gosh, Peter, bar, Jonah, I think. Oh, I should know that. Um, 
basically, it means Peter, son of, of Jonah. Uh, Peter, Bard, whatever. Gosh, I, great. I wasn't planning to use this example, so clearly I wasn't prepared. But it meant of, of. So, um, you know, James bar Zebedee meant James, son of Zebedee. Okay, you get where I'm going, even if my example was terrible. So what does bar Abbas mean? Well, we know Abba means father, right? Daddy, right? That's, that's what Jesus uses as his intimate expression toward God. Bar Abbas means of the father. And so really, you've got two sons of the father standing before us when Pilate is saying, which one do we choose? Do we choose the son of the father, Bar Abbas, the one who fights for freedom through revolutionary and, and uh, militant type ways? Or do we choose the one that is of the father that chooses to die in order that others may live? That is our choice, brothers and sisters. It wasn't just Pilate's choice then. It's our choice today. Do we choose Bar Abbas, that son of the father, or do we choose the one who is the son of man, who we always said, who we call the son of the father, the son of God? Which choice do we make? Why do we call it Good Friday? It was humanity's worst day, but it was God's best day. It was God's best day because God, in, in God's amazing goodness, in God's amazing goodness, showed us what life, showed us what life can be in the midst of suffering, in the midst of torment, in the midst of despair, in the midst of uh, popular opinion turning against you, in the midst of um, loneliness, in the midst of isolation, in the midst of pain. He showed us what it can be. And even beyond showing us example what it can be, he showed us to what end God would go to let us know, to remind us of his great love for us. Brothers and sisters, I mean, I know we get this at a head level. Everyone who's listening to this, I know you do. And I know I do. But how do we let that trickle down to our hearts? Because therein lies the key. That is the key. Do we ever just sit, my friends, and gaze upon a crucifix and say, this is the price of love. That is the price of love. Any parent who's listening to me, you get it. You get it. I, don't, I didn't get it before I was a parent. At least not on that level. I think you get it on a different level. Let me say it that way. I don't want to paint in such large strokes. Because you get it. That's the price of love. Brothers and sisters, make no mistake that this is the day we celebrate our salvation. God's salvation for humanity. And, uh, and I don't mean that in a way that says uh, God needed blood in order to love us. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's the case at all. One, because that doesn't make sense to me of who God is. But two, I, I think that's very dangerous to, to what we're throwing, our need for violence and our need for blood 
and, and that onto God, and we're projecting that to God. We have to be very, very careful when we do that. I don't think God needed that at all. But I think we needed that. Brothers and sisters, I, I, I'm going to say that again. I don't think God needed blood at all to show us how much God loved us. I think we needed it. Do you really love us? Come and see what we live in. Come and see, right? What Mary and Martha said to, to the grave of to, to Jesus, come and see what humanity lives in. Let, let me show you the grave of Lazarus, your friend. And Jesus not only went to it and wept, he went into it and restored it. Brothers and sisters, that's what salvation looks like. Not only that what love looks like, that there is no limit, no limit to what God will go to, but that he will not only go into the grave, but he will renew the grave. He will make it new, and, and, but that's a story for Monday, isn't it? Of what he can do with it. You know, I have made no, um, you know, <laughs> bones, I'll say it that way, poor choice of word, no bones about uh, letting you know that, that John's gospel uh, is not celebrating the Passover at the Last Supper. But Matthew, Mark's, and Luke's were, right? If you listen to yesterday's, I talked about it even there too. Well, I'm going to talk about it again today. Why? Because of this difference. And this, again, is John's. It's, it's, John does this on purpose. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the, the Last Supper was the Passover celebration. They were eating the unleavened bread. They were, Jesus had the cup, you know, that they have, you know, four different cups during, during the liturgy uh, of the, the celebration of the Passover. But in John, Jesus dies on the preparation day for the Passover. The Passover meal would have been celebrated that night. Why do that? Why did John do that? Let me go into part of the gospel that we didn't read today. So, Jesus is before Pilate, and Pilate's asking him, you know, Pilate wants to send him, set him free, doesn't have the guts to do it. You know, he hears Jesus, you know, in the interaction, what is truth, all that stuff, and, and he just doesn't know what to do about it. And so, this is now John 18, 14, it was preparation day for the Passover, so don't just take Zank's word for it. This is the gospel, it was preparation day for the Passover, and it was about noon, and he said to the Jews, behold your king, and they cried out, Okay, choice time. We're going to take Barabbas, son of the father, the revolutionary, the militant, that that's how we get our freedom, through our own means and violence? Or do we get our freedom through the salvation of Jesus Christ and, and embracing who we are in our own dignity, even if we have violence done to us, that we can choose to uh, put aside our will in order to love another? Which are we going to choose? And they cried out, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify a king? Yes. We have no king but Caesar. But it was preparation day for the Passover. What happened on the preparation day? Well, sure, you set the table, you got everything ready, made sure that the, the bread, the unleavened bread, wasn't rising, right? And, and everything for the meal. But the main thing you did was you took the lamb out and you slaughtered him. And you couldn't break any of his bones. Remember, that's what, what uh, Exodus said, break none of the bones. But the lamb was slaughtered in order to be eaten at the meal that night. 
And uh, and when was the, the lamb taken out and killed and prepared for the Passover? In the afternoon. That's why it says it was about noon, which would have been the time when the lambs were taken out and prepared for the meal that night. And that's exactly what's happening with Jesus. There's no coincidence there. Okay, if you say, Joe, I'm, I'm really not buying this yet. I'm, you, you've got me intrigued, but I'm not buying, buying, okay? Okay, so let's go further on now. So now, all right, Joseph. All right, sorry, got to get things ready here. I'm in chapter 19 of John's Gospel. And so that last one was 19 too. I said 18, I was, I was incorrect. All right, so Jesus is on the cross and, uh, and the disciple whom Jesus loved and, uh, and Mary are standing below and that interchange happens. And then after this, Jesus says, I thirst. And there was a vessel filled with common wine. So they put a sponge soaked in wine on a sprig of hyssop and put it to his mouth. And when Jesus had taken the wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he handed over his spirit. We've heard that a hundred times. Have you ever looked up what a sprig of hyssop looks like? Here's what you know. Look it up. Google it. <laughs> and you're going to say, how on earth did they put a sponge on that? Because John is using it for symbolic imagery now. You'd put your, your sponge on a sword. You'd put your sponge on a, on a branch from an oak tree or something like that that was sturdy that you could lift up to somebody who's on the cross. You wouldn't do a sprig of hyssop because it looks like a lilac bush. You know, you'd be, you'd be picking a lilac out and trying to put a sponge on it and handing it up. What's the point? The point is, if you read Exodus, and remember this was the Passover, and they said, Okay, in the afternoon, kill the lamb, take the blood, and with hyssop, with hyssop, take the blood and put it on the lintels, the doorposts, so that the, the blood will save you, that the angel of the Lord will pass over. And so John ties in the very, uh, the very vegetation, the plant that would be used to spread the blood over which we are going to be saved, Right? All right, and so if you think, all right, Joe, I've got you a little closer to that tying of what John's trying to do to Passover. One last one. Since it was preparation day, what for the Passover? Okay, again, he's reminding us again. Now, this is immediately following the hyssop, what I just told you. In order that the bodies not, might not remain on the cross for the Sabbath, for the Sabbath that day of the week was a solemn one. Why? Because it was Passover. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs be broken and they be taken down. So the soldiers came, broke the legs of the first, then of the other one who was crucified with Jesus. When they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Why? Because none of the bones in the lamb can be broken. That's why. Otherwise, it's just a story. Otherwise, it's just a story. But what did they do then? What did they do? They pierced his side instead. And blood and water flowed out. Boy, that sounds like birth, right? That sounds like, uh, it sounds like Eucharist, blood, and water, baptism. But it sounds like birth. Blood and water. That's what flows out. A new life. Brothers and sisters, that's, that's what he's giving us. That's what this day gives us. He gives us a new birth. He gives us new life. It ties in, I mean, the very thing, remember he's the Passover lamb, that, that we eat, that we eat that nourishes us, 
from last evening that we celebrated on the on with the Eucharist. That even again John is reminding us that that we feed on Jesus in every way, shape, and form. That that Christ is that salvation for us. You know, it's it's when when I was at Mass last night. And uh, and I, I don't remember if this was, I don't know if it was. It was one of the songs that was sung. Don't I can't tell you when, but it was that that tune, and you're going to know it too. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ, and the bread we break, it is a sharing in the body of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, the Eucharist, that blood and water that flowed, that that body that we eat, it is a blessing cup in the communion, in communion with the blood of Christ, that we are called to die and share our blood, our blood for the forgiveness of many. I mean, I'm not talking literally, let's go out and, and throw ourselves off the patio here. That, that's not my point. My point, and, and you know that, but it's all we're invited to set aside whatever it is that wants to revolve around us in this world so we may revolve around God and others. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ and the bread we break. Again, those agendas, that, that control, that power, that need to be in charge, that, that need for security, whatever it is, the bread we break is a sharing in the body of the Lord that was broken for the salvation of all. Yeah. <laughs> I told you that, you know, what words could I say that are going to add anything to this day? But that didn't stop me from, from talking. It didn't. I'm going to end with a, a, a poem. A poem I'm sure many of you have heard. But I think it is so beautiful. Uh, it's called One Solitary Life. The author is unknown. But the words are, are fantastic. And I think this day especially, uh, we just ponder them. And so the poem says this. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant. He grew up in another village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family or owned a home. He didn't go to college. He never lived in a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things that usually accompany greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when the tide of public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for his garments, the only property he had on earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Twenty centuries have come and gone, and today he is the central figure of the human race. I am well within the mark when I say that all the armies that ever marched all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of humanity on this earth as much as that one solitary life. 
Why do we call this Good Friday? It is humanity's worst day. But my friends, it is God's best. Let us pray. So we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fifth sorrowful mystery. Jesus dies on the cross. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, I wish you every blessing on this Good Friday. Don't trouble yourself, don't trouble your hearts. Sunday's coming. But today, my friends, we just sit and look at the cross and we see price.